every playlist tells a story with me, Todd. And this is Jimmy. And we're back. This is a... Fourth of July Fourth of July weekend edition. 2021. Yeah. Got big plans? Uh, don't know yet. Still have, have some options. Have a neighborhood thing. Have some friends doing a thing. You did a neighborhood thing, right? That's your tradition. Pro- kind of probably, yeah, because it's... It's here and it's close, and you don't got to drive and deal with traffic afterwards. And you got a friend trying to pull you away. I got a, got another, yeah, family that's doing a thing that we've been invited to. But again, I, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. But we, yeah, driving a little. Yeah, I mean, it is Sunday night, but yeah, years past it was always kind of a tradition: go watch fireworks somewhere, stop by Sonic, get some ice cream on the way home. That okay. was kind of the thing. But I got ice cream here, so. And you saw the Sonic TikTok. And I saw, yeah, I don't want to be, yeah. Exactly. So you don't want to be yeah. a victim. Got to have my phone ready when I order from Sonic. Well, so. you keep your window rolled up at least. Or something, yeah. Until you. Yeah. What about you? What do you do this weekend? What do you got planned? Uh, we're going to stay in town. So it's going to be, well, we're going to go to the um, horse races, Ellis Park. Right. We'll check it out Sunday during the day. And we might just from there go downtown and, um, uh, Get, go down to our secret little parking spot. They get it's good on the egress and right. Get camped up. There's supposed to be a lot of food trucks there. Now, um, will you let your daughter pick the horses? You, I don't want to say bet on. I don't want to get in trouble. Handicap. She's this. This would be the first year she could probably comprehend okay. these horses. I mean, okay, three years old. I didn't know if you like told her all the names and let her pick the one she liked. And I, I don't even bet. Oh, okay. It's just I, you, my brother-in-law is hardcore. Yeah. But, with it i mean he is a handicapper yeah he studies right um and i kind of could just go off him if i if i feel like betting okay but it's i'm not i'm i'm uncomfortable with the idea of betting on a horse when i really don't know what i'm doing you know what i mean gotcha do you buy lottery tickets no okay so you're, you're not you you want to do your research before you just blindly throw money at something trying well, to i love the stock market okay i love it because you you know, I'll check the history on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's no different than a horse, I guess, and a jockey. Right. If you check their prior history and their records and how they do them, you know, wet, hot, cold weather. Yeah. So it's you know it's a lot like checking out stocks. Okay. But I like stocks because you can watch it grow as opposed to you know at the finish line you're just like God, right yeah. Freaking got bumped at the start. A little know. bit longer of a race. Yeah, that frustration, immediate frustration. I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's immediate gratification, too, but the odds are against you. True. All right, well, uh, before we get started, I ran. A, it's time for another one of my albums that are 50 years old this year. and You really love that 50 years old. Well, it's just it's a nice... It's a nice mark. You know, like the eighty ones. Got issues eighty one, ninety one. Fifties and fifties. Fifties a good one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Fifty. I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, there was, and plus that was a big time for music. Music. Oh yeah, like. seventy one. Yeah. Yeah, Huge. I mean, uh, your favorite um, the lead singer Jim Morrison. Okay. Uh, Doors. Here we, here we go. Died July third. 1971. All right. Mm-hmm. So we'll, I'll be celebrating that. You'll just be like, man. Yeah, yeah. Meh, Roadhouse Blues, meh, all right. whatever. Yeah, that's all right. So, you know, about as good as, uh, you know. I can't believe this struck such a nerve with you. I mean, do you like Bon Jovi? Yeah. So they're in the same 
pool doors in Bon Jovi? I guess. I don't Yeah, I didn't really thought about it. It's probably two separate pools, two different divisions of I, May. I just, I've never met anybody that was just whatever with the doors. Okay. You, I, I, everyone I've known in my life has been like, yeah, the doors are awesome. Except me. Except You've never you. met anybody Except that doesn't you. like the doors? And I'm fascinated with that, okay. that you were just whatever with the doors. Maybe it was just hearing them too much in my teens or something. I don't know. I don't know. I still remember. Maybe it's a burnout thing. I remember the first time I heard Rodell's Blues. I saw the video for Rodell's Blues. I was like blown away. Right. I was just like, this is amazing. As opposed to Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but this is just awful for every white man that doesn't know how to dance. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, back to my 50-year yes. album before we've gotten off on the, the Yeah, I'm glad that you got it in there that I don't like the doors. And it's not that I don't like them. But just, then what is it? They're just okay. For me, they're just okay. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> uh, July 1st, 1971, the Almond Brothers Band at Fillmore East. First live release, their third overall. Third overall. Oh, third record overall. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Whip and Post and uh, um, got a man downstairs. Might be your man. I don't know. Yeah. Great live song. You hear them on classic rock. Classic. Still yep. today. Recorded over three nights in March 1971, released July 1st, 1971. Considered the band's artistic and commercial breakthrough, and also considered one of the best live albums of all time. Got a good sound. Yeah, right up there with Iron Maiden, Live After Death, and uh, Scorpions Worldwide Live. But they don't yell the cali- See, they were out in, it's Fillmore East or Fillmore West? Fillmore, it says Fillmore East. Fillmore East, okay. But, you know, Scorpions was recorded in California, and he... Oh, shout out, California. Yeah, Klaus And then was, Iron Maiden was Long Beach. Yeah. Scream for me, Long Beach. Yeah, so it's probably the best live album on the East Coast. Okay. I'll right. give them that. There you go. Uh, I got one more thing, but I think before we get to it, I'm going to let you cover what you want to cover before we get, get to it. I got a little... Oh, you got the cleanup statement. I got a little something for you. Well, I only had a couple of things, you know, Don Dawkin, yes. happy 68th birthday to God, Don Dawkin. That's so hard to imagine, but I guess it makes sense. But it's I didn't realize still... he was that old, but you know, he was. So uh, when we were listening to him when we were in our twenties, he was almost 40. He was almost, God. He was almost 40. Yeah. yeah. He'd been hammering at it for a long time. Okay. Um, saw where George Lynch got on stage with him at a show in Pennsylvania and sure. a lot of people ripping on Vince Neil. Yeah. Closing show. Now Vince Neil did many songs. I think maybe girls, girls, girls. Yeah, I think that video song. was like the last song. Yeah. So he did do a set. Yeah. He just didn't completely finish right, it. Yeah. Just couldn't finish it. Don Dawkins, God bless him. Cannot sing anymore. At least if he's, unless it was just a bad night. And I think we've talked about it before. I've heard that for years. Heard that he just doesn't have the voice anymore. Well, he had a lot of physical ailments. Yeah. That um, I mean, he'd been on steroids, kind of blowed him up, and right. dealing with ailments. I, but I thought he was past all that, and he just sounds so. Yeah. He reminds me of the guidance counselor on South Park. His voice, right? How's so, that go? How long does it take to break the spell? Straight to the top, to tooth and nail. Oh goodness! Um, you know now. 
Ke- is it Kevin Cronin, lead singer of REO? Yeah. He sounds a lot like Butters from South Park. I'll have to listen for that. Uh, he's got a very high, his voice is a lot higher than he used to okay. be. Okay, all right. And it sounds like Butters as opposed to Don Dawkins sounds like. Can't I think can't, of that guy's I name. I can't think of the guidance counselor, but, you know, he talks like, okay, yeah. shouldn't do drugs, okay. Uh-huh. That guy, whoever that, his name is. But okay. it's just funny how their voices have changed over time into these cartoon characters. Yeah. But yeah, happy 68th birthday, Don. <laughs> happy birthday, Donnie. <laughs> and then... Still one of my favorite bands, so I love Don. Oh, yeah. God, those are uh, records. Yeah, I, give me 10 Dawkins songs, I'm good. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, also, you're talking 50 years. Yep. June 30th, 1971. One of my favorites, Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. Classic. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, not the Johnny Depp. Right. Michael Jackson impersonation, weird. Right. Uh there's there's an interesting cons- conspiracy. Oh, I don't know if it's conspiracy. It's a fan fan theory, maybe. And it's pretty cool because the fan theory is that the the whole golden ticket thing was rigged from the get go. Charlie Bucket was going to win, no matter what. No matter what is the the idea is that you know, like Veruca um, Salt and Mike TV and yeah. all the other kids. It's funny how Slugworth just shows up immediately and is in their ear. Right. Telling them. Like, he was on the spot. Same with Charlie Bucket. When Charlie got that golden ticket yeah. in front of that crowd, they told him just to run home. How Slugworth, right there by the candy store, stopping him in the alley, you know, to tell him, to give him the information. He had to been, he had to known okay. where those tickets were located. All right. Charlie's the only local kid, which means Willy Wonka's probably been watching Charlie or been told about Charlie. Right. How good of a kid he is. Uh, had a hard time maybe getting him to get the ticket. So they... Because if I remember correctly, somebody else had a ticket, but it was a fake. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So they set that up to try to pinpoint him. Gotcha. The candy store guy was in on it. Right. Make sure Charlie got that candy bar because he personally picked that off the shelf. Sure. Why don't you try this one? You know, he he set that up, and then the Oompa Loompas. How are they such on the? How are they on the spot with the song custom made for the kid that had the accident? You just don't think up lyrics that quickly. No, and, and they don't even know the kids, but they know their backstory already. Yeah, this you're gonna have to dig deeper on this. That's I, I'm, I love. I'm, that. I'm gonna. I, I really want you to share your conspiracy theory websites with me because this yeah i don't know that we can let this one go yeah that I there's a lot it. of stuff i'll let fly but you're gonna tell me the willy wonka movie was rigged from the get-go good lord rigged from the get-go that's it that's it willy knew what he wanted he knew he wanted charlie to take over you know what it reminds me of Did you ever watch that mcmillions uh documentary it was on hbo about a year ago i, I know what you're talking about i didn't watch it fast and it the mcdonald's uh monopoly game yeah if you have not seen it, that's find a, it. That's a good one. Huh? It is a number one. It's an amazing story about a rigged game, and number two, the FBI agent is the best. The FBI agent that they within are, that story that they're talking to that was kind of on the case of everything. That dude's awesome. Okay, he's very entertaining. The FBI got involved. Huh? Oh shit, man! It went to the top. No kidding. Mob was involved. The mob. Oh man, I don't, I didn't want to give it away. I remember, I remember playing a game and collecting. Oh yeah, it was. A we big, all played. It was it, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, it was. But yeah, that McMillions documentary is fascinating. Just watching that thing unfold and 
kind of the main guy that was the 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 brains of it or whatever. Some of the shit he did, there was a whole. I don't. I don't want to ruin it. Just if you get around to watching it, let me know because I want to know what you think of the church he started. Okay, I'll do that. Because that was besides the FBI guy, that was the most entertaining thing to me. Is what in the world? But there's a whole thing about a church in there, and it just it's craziness. Plot anyway. twist galore, huh? Oh, it's it's good. Oh, it's crazy. It's insane. Okay. All right. So that's okay. it. That's all I got. So Willy Wonka, that's your your big wrap up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't I, TikTok again comes and goes. I found some stuff that's kind of slightly entertaining, probably some of it inappropriate, but uh, I did run across a video, and I uh, I don't. It's not decipher, but I I wrote down basically what it was. But basically, from TikTok land, there's a Generation X test lightning round. Oh, it's our generation. Yes. And so as I was watching it, it was a kid asking his dad these questions and his dad answering them. And as I'm watching it, I'm answering them along. And I'm pretty proud to say I did very well. There's, there's one I didn't do, but I thought I'd put you to the test and see if, see how well Jimmy would do on this Generation X lightning round test. Now, what's... It's just the answer questions. General knowledge? Just start? general knowledge. Okay. Yeah. You'll All get right. a feel for it here in a second. Okay. So here we go. Um, all right. How many red balloons? Uh, 99. 99. Luft. Yes. How many Thompson twins were there? Three. Correct. And Michael Jackson's Beat It, who played the guitar solo? Uh, Edward Van Halen. There you go. Who sang the safety dance? And without hats. Right. Jerry Reed drove the big rig and Smokey and the Bandit. What was his CB handle? Snowman. That's right. And uh, related to the previous question, what does CB stand for? I did not know this one. Oh, man. Channel Broadcasting? Citizens Band. Citizens Band. Yep. Uh, Blondie's real name? Debbie Harry. Yep. Who holds the home run record in baseball? Well, that's... uh... I didn't know this one either. That's uh, arguable because... Okay. You see, you're doing way better than I am. Because it's supposed to be Barry Bonds, but... But, right. He's got an asterisk because of steroids. Correct. So, Hank Aaron. There you go. Good job. All right. A couple of uh, finish the sentence things here. If I said Kilroy was... Here? Yep. Nobody puts baby... In the corner? In fast food, where's the... Beef? Good. If you build it... They will come. And hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. There you go. You did You did well. Citizens Band is the only one you missed. Was that the only one you missed? I missed Citizens Band. I'm not a baseball guy. Okay. So yeah. I didn't do that one. And uh, I think that was it. Yeah, I think that's all the ones I missed too. Looking over the answers. That seems about right. Yeah. But I thought that was a fun little quiz. Yeah. Yeah. You're... I mean, Freaking t- old, that's what it tells t- you. Takes you back. But yeah, the yeah, and the guy with the baseball question on the TikTok video who holds the home run record and he said, Hank Aaron, and don't say that San Francisco cheater. <laughs> yeah. And he was he was pissy about it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's kinda unfortunate, but that's a big argument. But I, I yeah, somehow I knew you'd know because you're, you're I love baseball. Yeah. I know yep. you do. All right, right on. So that's it. So uh let's get into this. 
episode. This week's episode. 59. Firecracking on the 4th of July. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I think I go first. Do you? Yeah, I go first because last yeah. week you bummed me out with your. Yeah, I really set the tone yeah, so, for your happy uh, yeah. Billy Idol. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So my song this week, and it's uh, it's not going to be a Fourth of July song per se. So as you know, my anniversary is coming up. Wedding anniversary. Yeah. This is uh. Twenty five. Yeah. Here we go. Twenty five, and uh, how she has tolerated me over twenty five plus years. Still a mystery. I, I've seen. You, I was there for a lot of you it. You were there for a lot of it. That's right. And uh, so thinking about it, you know, I remember, you know, the reception. The, the moms were wild. They were sliding across the dance floor like they were stealing third base. Uh, some uncles, I think, in the family got into a little bit of a fight in the parking lot, if I remember correctly. Where was the hall at? Oh, it's at Eagles, kind of off. Oh, right in Newburgh. No, no, no. It's Evansville, but it's not Morgan, but it's the next back road over. There's a little Eagles club back there. Oh, off Green River? No, no, no. Off uh, Parallel. Parallel to to Morgan. I can't think what it is. It's not important. East Side. Uh, Yeah, I can't think. I haven't been there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and then the other thing is, I just remember that night being a whirlwind. I, I don't know about your reception. It feels like I saw and talked to a million people, and then for years afterwards, I would meet somebody. It's a hurricane. A family friend. Faces. And it was like, I have no idea who that was, and being told, well, they were at your wedding. It's just like, okay, don't even remember talking to them. But uh, I know we ended up back at the hotel and just ordered pizza and watched movies, and that's kind of how we closed out the night. That was a good time. So Okay. And then uh, I think that's probably the last time we did a reception, or not a reception, but a rehearsal dinner. The, uh, log in day before oh log in nice yeah. and I don't think I've been there since I may have been there once I can't remember but it seems like we may have taken the boys a little bit out of the way yeah but God it's such a great place home Abraham co- Lincoln home there. cooking family style they all you want put it all out. that coleslaw is the kill oh for. it's the stuff yeah and I, and I know we talk about it probably every year every two years like oh we gotta go back there that place is awesome and it's just been forever so anyway I always think of that and then, uh, as far as anniversaries go, I was thinking about it too. I think to date, the, our fifth wedding anniversary has probably been my favorite. Why is that? And uh, it stands out because it was our fifth wedding anniversary. We were in the process of building this house that we're sitting in, recording this podcast. Uh, houses, you know, we were coming out after the folks that were doing the the real work. We'd come out and sweep up the mess. I remember, you know, some of the plumbing. I had a guy. I did a lot of, uh, uh, some of it myself. I don't want to say a lot. I did some of it myself with, you know, this this home builder guy that was a family friend standing over my shoulder, kind of taking me along step by step, telling me what to do. And, you know, I put a lot of the insulation in the walls and stuff like that. So, yeah, but Laborer uh, kind of worker. Yeah, just kind of, you know, do stuff to kind of cut corners here and there, sweat equity, if you will. Yeah. And uh, I remember it was a Friday. We came out here, you know, it was a work all day, come out at night, work on the house, and then... Uh, for our fifth wedding anniversary, we ended up at the Lakeview Inn, the local tavern, eating pizza, oh, drinking yeah. beer. Yep. And it was just like, yep, this is how you do it. You know, so that one stands out to me. But uh, all good times. But again, this this 25, man, it's just, it's bizarre to me. I can't believe that was your fifth. Because I, I remember coming out here when this house was just, yeah. God, yeah. dang, it's been that long. It's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. We know each other a long time, Jimmy, me and you. 
So did you have a honeymoon? Yeah, I went to Jamaica. Jamaica. Yep. Okay. So the hotel was like at the airport or just here locally? No, we stayed we stayed here locally and then I think we had a day and then flew out, you know, two days after the wedding to go to Jamaica. Oh, okay. So and that was it's funny we were talking about it the other day. It was back in the day where, you know, I think Misty had to have a copy of her birth certificate. I showed my driver's license to leave and get back in the country and pre nine eleven. Oh, didn't need a passport. No, it's yeah, just, I had a driver's license. I'll be damned. Yeah, I've never, never went a cruise ship. Or? No, flew, okay. flew into Jamaica. I'll be damned. So yep. So, but in thinking about the upcoming anniversary, it took me uh, took me back to kind of being on the road with an artist and a band and hearing a song called Anniversary night after night on that particular tour. And so instead of the I think we did pretty well last week at the 4th of July with your song. I, you know, there's no, really no way to top that. So, and being the 25th anniversary, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this anniversary song because it really made an impact on me because it's, it was something I looked forward to every night on that tour, seeing it played live, but it's so different from a lot of the stuff. Maybe I listen to so, magic of live shows, huh? the magic of live shows. And again, you know, you hear a song that you kind of like on the first or second night after hearing it 20 nights in a row tends to grow on you a bit, but I, I don't say that disparagingly. I, I really do like this song and I pulled it up the other day when I thought about it and listened to it again. I was like, God, that thing's still got the magic for me. I, I don't know what it is about it. So, but again, make no mistake. This, this song has nothing to do with my actual anniversary, but it, this, this song just hit me so hard. And still to this day, it gives me kind of the same feelings I had watching it being played on the side of the stage. So again, the song's called the anniversary. It's by the artist named Dylan Scott. So has a, has a very very white kind of yeah he's got a, he's got that deep voice yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so Dylan Scott uh, by the internet definition Dylan is a country pop singer and songwriter from the middle of nowhere Louisiana his pop uh, his dad played guitar back in the day for the likes of Freddie Fender Freddie Hart and it's said that he would tell a young Dylan stories from the road so the kind of performance stuff is in his blood. His songs are mostly about real-life experiences with quote-unquote hot and heavy sensitivity. That it is. Yes, it is. Uh, the guy used to be a heavy presence on his social media outlets, and I think he's also one of those guys that kind of got discovered through like YouTube stuff. It's kind of I'm not 100% on that, but I think his YouTube kind of support kind of led to him growing as he did as an artist. Ways of the world now. Yep. Although it seems to kind of gone away a little bit. I don't see that as much anymore, do you? I mean, you get the guy from Journey and you get a couple other stars, but I don't know if YouTube's as heavily influential as it used to be. Uh, Maybe it's TikTok the, now. Or I mean, else. the problem is it's all digital now. I mean, yeah. It's not like the classic, you know, came from nowhere. Right, exactly, yeah. Overnight sensation thing. Yeah. At least not in our world uh, what we listen what to. we know yeah maybe yeah. it is another it genres. is out there but yeah. we don't know about it because we're 50 we're old guys uh dylan's first number one single came in 2016 with the song my girl was written about his high school sweetheart and now wife and they've been together since they were like 15 years old i mean high school sweethearts it's kind of a beautiful little story there that's nice yeah good on them um my song this week anniversary has been described in an article as a steamy r&b in Infected candlelight jam, complete with silk sheets and rose petals. Infected. Infected. 
when the song worked its way into the set list when I was uh, out doing shows and he was uh, the opening act, there were several people on the tour that would make a point with me to go out and watch him play this song. A couple truck drivers, there was another tour assistant, and once we got a hold of the song, every night was like, you know, if the show started at 7 and we knew he played this song at 7.18, at 7.15, we were all gathered up to go out there and watch him play the song. Wow, it yeah. really made an impact on a lot of people. Oh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh, like I said, it was a country show, but for a couple of minutes, man, it felt like a sweet R&B jam. It was sweet, <laughs> baby. And uh, one of the things I remember, I think I just, I think Super Bowl halftime show was like Justin Timberlake or Robin Thicke or someone like that. But if I remember correctly, there was some part of the song where, like, they did that, you know, kick the microphone away, and it kind of, like, fell down in front of them. But it was, like, spring-loaded, so it sprung right back up. It was a kick-ass move. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was It was basically if you just put a spring on the bottom of a microphone stand and you kick it over, it falls down, but then just comes right back up. I mean, it's just it's like a fucking Steven Tyler, Aerosmith-type shit. What's the opposite of a switchblade? I remember those, you sell them in the... Like the spring, the comb? Instead, of, instead of springing out, it's sprung back in. That's right. the only way they were legal because switchblades are illegal in okay. the 80s. I have to look I'm a butterfly that. knife guy. I don't know about switchblades. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was the coolest thing. And I remember talking uh, at the time with this tour manager just after I saw that going, dude, he has got to find a way to incorporate something like that into this song because it is just oozing with sexual character. And that's just a sweet ass move that I, I thought would be badass to add to it. But as far as I know, it really never came about. And but I like to sometimes think that had he done it, maybe that song would have gone a lot further, maybe been a bigger hit for him. So I sleep better at night thinking about that. Uh, now going back to Dylan Scott, have to mention the rest of his band as I truly adore him and his band. They are just some of the nicest people I've ever worked with. I've done a couple of tours where he's been uh, opening act or support act in some fashion with them. Uh, the whole Dylan Scott camp is great. So talk about a few of them real quick, just to mention some names. Booba was the tour manager, production manager when I was working with them. He's probably, I probably got along better with him than anybody else on that, uh, in that camp. He was such a good guy. And I think the nicest thing he ever said to me, we were talking one day and he just out of nowhere was like, man, if I ever get married again, you're going to be in my wedding. Damn. He's like, shit, that's heavy, man. But like, I know, but I know he loves his wife, so he's not getting married again. So I know I don't throw it out of tux, but I thought, man, that's, that's a strong right. statement. Well, so. just make, hey, I gave you a compliment. Yeah, pretty good there. Uh, the foundation of the band are the, uh, or the foundation of the song, the sound would be the Klein brothers, Derek on drums, Garrett on bass, honestly, two of the nicest boys I've ever met in my life. Definitely in the top five nicest people I know. Where are they all from? Uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Booba is from Bowling Green. The Klein boys are from Bo- uh, Bowling Green. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of, it was kind of a, hey, I know somebody that does this, you know, kind of, that's how everything kind of came together. So I think they're a lot from Louisiana and a lot from Bowling Green. Or it had been. I haven't haven't really talked to them a whole lot in the last couple of years. But Bowling Green's getting a lot of love on this podcast. Oh, it certainly is. Certainly is. Uh, lead guitar is Dylan's brother Logan. Uh, just the funniest, sweetest, kind of quiet mannered. You know, to look at him, you think he's a rock star, but to talk to him, he just kind of kind of keeps to himself and humble. And but he's definitely got that rock and roll look. Long hair, got guitar licks for days. 
And uh, at one point, there was a joke around him. There was a phrase that uh, was let Logie shred because he just, he never really came out and just rocked on songs. I mean, he just kind of played his parts and played what the song needed and all that stuff. But just, I, I knew in my heart of hearts, this dude could rock if he, if he needed to. And uh, I got behind it for a while, but I don't know that he ever got his, his chance to let loose and, and do some shredding, but I, I certainly hope he did. Well, it's kind of tough with the tight, yeah, exactly. How many minutes did you have? Yeah, you don't get a lot of time. So yeah. uh, there was a sweet kid on the tour. It's kind of this roadie. Uh, his name was Austin, and or Austin. And from my recollection, Austin was just—he was just the nicest kid in the world. Again, from Bowling Green, and I just knew my day didn't start until me and Austin saw each other and said good morning to each other. That was kind of the the, the agreement we had that day hasn't really started until we can we can say hello. Uh, Dylan's cousin Chase was out with him, handled merch at the time, did some of the meet and greet stuff. Remember he was a good kid. Seemed like kind of kid that maybe made some bad choices in life along the way. But what I always kind of respected about Dylan is it always seemed like Dylan was like, had him out there, giving him something to do, trying to keep him out of trouble, trying to get him on the right path. I always kind of respected that. I always felt most merch people had the same they all got the they're, same they're all wayward and this is this so is their path of getting they, righteous they're just trying to get righteous yeah again. yeah but chase was funny he's just a funny kid i, I love seeing him and then uh, at one point booba just went to being production manager they hired a new tour manager and i think the kid went on to play guitar he's actually in the band now playing guitar but his name was robbie and uh i, I don't remember the backstory of it but all i know it, robbie's a great kid um, but in my phone and my contacts, I've got him listed as Thunderboy, and I really don't remember why we started calling him Thunderboy. And I wish I remembered that song on the on the wings of Jägermeister. Could now, yeah, possible. Could, right, could have been, could have yeah, been, could have been. All right, like a TikTok. Yep, exactly. It's uh, early. Since summer is early. Yep, and then it's it's early. We'll see. Other random memories of my Dylan Scott touring days with the camp i actually one year he did like a, a benefit concert down in louisiana and it's like kind of his hometown or next to his hometown it was like a benefit to raise money to buy gifts for underprivileged kids and called me one day and was like hey man i'm putting this thing together would you come down and just kind of help organize it and be a part of it and absolutely love doing it so i got to go hang out with him a couple of days and it was a uh, it was actually november and i would the show was my birthday and at the end of the night, oh, they, they gave me a nice little birthday cake. So it was, nice. It was nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good times. Good memories. Uh, and then with Dylan, his dad, his dad was such a cool cat, man. He uh, just kind of that laid back Southern charm. I mean, exactly what you'd think a Southern dude would be about. Just Louisiana. You know, Louisiana. Just a skinny, skinny as a rail, you know, it, it, always telling funny stories, always, but then being quiet a lot too. Did he say man ass? He, I, I never asked him about the man ass. No. Okay. But, but, but what was interesting about him was, dude always had a Dr. Pepper. Was always drinking Dr. Pepper. That Dr. Was, Pepper. That was, you know, for me, it's Mountain Dew. For him, it was Dr. Pepper. Okay. And I remember one day in passing, he just kind of goes, well, I think it's time for a DP. And I stood there for a second and was confused. And then, oh, he's talking about Dr. Pepper. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. In other circles, you're not ready for something a little you, more yeah. graphic. A little more, Yeah. Uh, and then I know I've talked in the past too about, especially with Jr. talking about walking out on a lonely dock, seeing him out there shirtless on a cold ass night, holding court after a few drinks. Is that natural for him? It feels like it's his natural state. Yeah, I mean, I, if I think if somebody said turn him loose, 
that that's where he'd end up. Right. And I love him for it. Okay. But that that particular memory of that night was also the night I was he was out there talking and I looked up at Dylan's bus and they had the windows open and there was just metal, heavy metal thrash coming out the windows. And they had a mosh pit going in that front lounge area of that bus. I mean, it was like the circle pit. You could see it from the windows? Oh, yeah, you could see it. You could hear it. It was it was happening. And uh, I remember Dylan's dad coming out off the bus, kind of working his way through it and getting out. And there's, this is like five or six guys. And they're not little guys. There's a couple of them that are big dudes. Yeah. And they're throwing down. And he comes off. And I'm like, man, whoa, what's going on up there? And he's like, you know what? They do this every night. It's how they blow off steam. That's the worst they're going to do out here on the road. I'm lucky. I was it's, like, you know what? Damn straight. This bus is a rocking. Yeah, no exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, I think, you know, these guys were super religious, uh, especially the Klein boys, very heavy into the church, stuff like that. I think the Klein boys even have, they've got like a side project with the two brothers and then one of the brother, one of their wives is, they've got like a trio that they're doing some stuff with. So I've been following that a little bit. Um, family but, circle thing here. yeah oh yeah big family big family thing and uh there was one after i think it was after the first tour and we kind of all got to know each other real well and kind of kept in touch they sent me a video one day they were playing somewhere and there was some house they were in and they positioned it so that they were like walking through this house and like a door was ha- it was haunted and the door closed behind them or there was you know some they did something to make it appear that they were in some sort of a haunted house so there's a trick I'm pretty sure it was a trick. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, again, I don't I don't take chances with stuff like that. So Or did they think it was a trick? I think they were in a house that was supposed to be haunted and they did that just to send it to me, just to kinda of, hey, we're in a haunted house kind of thing. So as soon as I got yeah. that video, I uh, I called up my holy water guy, which yes, I have a holy water guy. Well, I saw I got a vial in the garage. Yeah, I got a holy water guy. I got a guy that if I ever need some holy water, usually I just send a text. Within a couple hours, I'll get a text back that says, check your mailbox, and there'll be travel size, holy water. Okay. So I got one in the garage, got one in the car. Uh, for One year for Christmas, he even got me, it's a, like a little keychain flask, but it says holy water on it. Now, I don't know. Is, is holy water strictly a, a Catholicism? I think, it's, I think it's Catholicism, yeah. And no other religion does that? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I haven't. Yeah, off the top of my head, I, don't, I can't think of anything. Okay. All right. But, uh, but yeah, I've got a little keychain whole flask that keep holy water in and you know i've had people ask me is that really holy water or is that booze like no it's really holy water because i tell you what man a lot of these old theaters man they're haunted there's ghosts i believe in all that shit so oh yeah i used one to ask cam about uh from carbellion about that one he played at up in wisconsin oh yeah the eagles yeah uh oh yeah eagles rave club okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah that place has got stories man eagles rave club eagles rave club Okay, gotcha. Yep. Right. I think it's what it's called, something like that. But again, so those, those are kind of all my little Dylan, and there's more stories, but I'm not going to keep on going. Uh, but again, Dylan Scott. So the version that I'm going to put on YouTube is actually a live version. There's a, there's like a studio version. There's like a stripped-down version, like an acoustic Tesla 5-man acoustical jam kind of laid-back version of it. Mm-hmm. But I found this live version. It's from uh, this year's, I guess, they played it at Cajun, the Cajun Country Jam in Louisiana. He does some sort of rap remixed into the middle of it, whatever. But I think this this version for me really captures because I mean he's making the faces, he's his 
mm, it's there. It's the, it's the soul, man. So that's the one I'm going to put up there. Uh, again, it features what I fell in love with seeing him play live every night, the passion, the facial expressions I mentioned. There's rose petals on the video screens on the drum riser behind him. I mean, it's beautiful. I it's can just, love this song. It's just, it, that's the that's a very good way to to classify it, is making love to the song. And again, I got to go back to if he, it, you know, maybe if he'd incorporate that bounce back microphone stand, maybe have someone at the end of the song come out, drip that, you know, James Brown cape over his shoulders or something. I mean, there's so much more he could do with this song. Yeah. I think it'd be a hit, but. Yeah, I, yeah, he could do something very white. I mean, pick, steal a couple of the tricks well, at the end. And you mentioned very white, but man, I'm going to tell you what, this song also takes me back. There was a classic soul record I stumbled across years ago. Never heard of the guy. I think the CD showed up when I was working at the record stores like a promo. Mm-hmm. Put it in, fell in love with it. Dude's name was uh, Solomon Burke. The album was called Live at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the hell out of this record. Uh, if you like sexy sounding R&B, don't know about it, Solomon Burke, give him a listen. Okay. Yeah. This exp- and for me, it's it's all about this House of Bl- Live at the House of Blues record. I love it. And I will, I will, I will say it's... It's a bit problematic in some places for our day and age. Problematic. Oh, that's right. You don't like that one. It's a bit, uh, I don't know. I have to find another adjective. Offensive. Correct. Could, could be deemed offensive with some of the, the ways. But uh, I definitely recommend the track Candy. Uh, that I think is probably my favorite. This song opens up with him talking to some lady in the audience, kind of a little back and forth. He's talking to her. I mean, he's obviously hitting on this lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before the music starts, he says something about having some gumbo backstage before the show. That's, I guess that's his closing line or something, maybe. I don't know. But I remember looking a little bit up about this guy. I think he had like 20 kids. I think he's like some sort of funeral home operator. I mean, just... Legit kids? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, I think this dude was the deal. Yeah, he was living the life. Just a hammering machine. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, again, back to Dylan. Going to mention, I think he's going out this summer with Luke Bryan, opening for him on some of those dates. So if you get a chance to check him out, I highly recommend it. Like I said, if Dylan, his whole camp, they're all good people. I love them to death. Uh, They're probably the closest, one of the closest I've gotten to any kind of on-tour things. I mean, definitely top three. So, I mean, just, just good kids. Stay in touch with them all the time. They've all, some of them kind of splintered off and done their own thing. I wish them all the best of luck. Uh, and and kind of getting to the end of this whole thing here, going back to my 25th anniversary, I, from the bottom of my heart, would really, I'd really want to thank my wife for a pretty good run so far. <laughs> you know, we've had more good days than bad. Tell her you love her, man. I, Come I do, on, yeah, say no. it to the world. I, you're not letting me finish here, man. Oh, I'm off. sorry. Okay. Sorry. So thank you for a good run so far, and I love you. And uh, I suspect that like we do every year, it's kind of tradition. I think we'll uh, we kind of wake up and happy anniversary kind of thing. And I think I started at some point, <laughs> and, I, and I just and I just go, Is it, you done? Is it enough yet? And uh, so far, she keeps resubscribing. So we'll, we'll next episode, maybe we'll... I have a different answer for you, but I suspect she'll say, yeah, let's go ahead and do it again. Do another year, see what happens. Oh, that was not what I was thinking. Oh, no, no. Come I, on. You, you were talking uh, no. about waking up in the morning. Waking up in the morning. I hey, was like, no, uh, I'm talking about being married. I was like, you guys, is dirty, that how you really talk? Dirty Jimmy. No, Why? and talking about being married. No, I always, have you had enough? You want to, what do you think? 
Go another year? <laughs> I should have specified that. I, I could have worded that better. But I would rather the <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe the world doesn't need to know all that. All right. But <laughs> going, anyway. Going for another DP. <laughs> right. Yeah. Brought the Dr. Pepper, baby. All right. Married 25 years. I've been married seven. Okay. Any advice? Man. The, the thing I kind of keep in my head that I guess it, it's just try to have more good days than bad days. Don't, I mean, it's all cliche shit, you know, don't sweat the small shit. I mean, I'm yeah, sure you got a lot of advice when you're touring, right? And you're, uh, no, not really. No, they didn't. Uh, no. Then, okay. I just go and work, yeah. And then, you know, honestly, the, the thing that I keep in mind is even on your worst days, and I've got a little image in my phone somewhere. It's a, it's a couple, older couple sitting on a bench and it's raining and the guy's holding an umbrella over the lady. And it says, even when you're, madder than mad at each other it doesn't mean you don't still love each other and that image you know on yeah. on the worst days when i get aggravated or i know she's aggravated i just think that it's like you know what there's going to be good there's going to be bad but as long as you have more good than bad yeah, good. That's, yeah. Well, that's, I, like it. I mean that's it's good. just it's all the state of mind i mean uh compromise compromise right now that don't have to win every battle no and they don't all have to be battles. So, well, if you don't fight, it's not a battle. That's right. It just goes away. That's it. Let it slide. So, happy anniversary, Misty. Thanks for putting up my shit. Yeah, happy anniversary, Misty. All right. So, uh, you're up, Jimmy. And I'm nervous because you have not sent me what your pick is this week and you're being very cryptic. So, I'm looking, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting. Cryptic? What's that? I don't even know. Uh, wait, wait. I'm being, not that. I'm good at math, but not English. I think cryptic is uh, when 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 you try oh, to say something it, like without, hyping it up. You well, mean? you say something without saying it, but saying little clues. Oh, definitely a lot of clues. Okay, all right. All right so hit me. Okay, so I love the Fourth of July, and yeah. I love to pick uh, patriotic songs. Yes, you do. Uh, you also you obviously stole the most ultimate patriotic song in my opinion anniversary episode one. Oh, yankee rose yankee rose to me that's that's the one man that's my kind of fourth of july yes so it can never be top i you know i did it last week with um with jimmy fortune i felt i covered the bases with yeah yeah i think and i had some i had a song lined up i wanted to do but i was just like it's just gonna be kind of the two weeks in a row of that and i that should be kind of, I want to keep Jimmy Fortune kind of special. So I'm mixing, oh yeah, I'm mixing it up this oh, time. God, mixing it go. up. Now I already told you it's not going to be a single song. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I decided what would be fun. Oh, okay. Now you're all about this 50 year thing. Like we talked about. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm about this 50 year thing because there was a list at the beginning of the year of the 50 year old records that came out this year. And I, you're, you're 50. Boom. I'm 50. Okay. Gotcha. 50. Let's do it. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Keep all it that. rolling. All right. So I decided, let's see what the number one song on the 4th of July for every year of the past 50 years is. Holy shit. It is. And it's fun. It's fun. It's going to be fun. I'll keep it tight. 50 songs. 50 songs. How the hell? I I, I guess I'm going to take, gosh, I don't even, we'll have to figure out what song I'm going to put up there. I may not be able to put, because I can't put 50. You'll know some. You won't know some. Okay. It's going to be right. along that lines. Just input where you want. Let's do it. 
All right, let's go back 50 years. It's July 4th, 1971. Right. Because it's too late, baby, now mm-hmm. it's too late. Though we really oh. did try to make it. I really want to say Carly Simon. Carly Simon, you're close. It's Carol King. Carol King. It's off her 13 times platinum, four time, four times Grammy winner, including the album of the year. Sophomore album, Tapestry. Yeah, 50 years old. Tapestry was number one on the Billboard 200 for 15 consecutive weeks. Tapestry still holds the record for most consecutive weeks at number one by any female solo artist. 1971. Let's go July 4th, 1972. Song, song, blue, everybody knows one. Uh, B.J. Thomas. Pretty close. Uh, Neil Diamond, the okay. second and last number one song for Neil Diamond, lost out on Song of the Year Award to Roberta Flack's rendition of The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face, which was uh, highlighted in the Clint Eastwood movie, Play Misty For Me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? Have not. Uh, that taught all guys everywhere, don't bring a crazy, don't bring a crazy woman home for a one-night stand. Don't do it. Oh, man, do not do it. So that's, that's not the basic instinct. It's not basic instinct. Uh, it, I, I would go fatal attraction. I think that's what you're oh, trying yeah, to say. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, fatal yeah. attraction. This yeah. is the original this fatal is the, attraction. Okay, all right. This woman, wow. Okay. It, hey, I saw it when I was a pre, you know, teenager. I was like, yep, I'm yep. Yeah, maybe it's, uh, it's no might be strange a, for me. This might be a circle back. No strange for me. Okay. All right, July 4th, 1973. <laughs> no strange for me. Uh, 73, Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth. Uh, George Harrison. Okay. P- pushed Paul McCartney in wings. Sappy little song Ooh. called My Love from the top of the Billboard Hot 100. Was there animosity? Um, might have been. Indirectly. Wow. Well, you know, they were always suing each other there in the early 70s. Sure. Marking the only time, on the only occasion that two former Beatles have held the top two chart positions in America. Wow. Uh, let's move on. 1974. Sundown, you better take care. It's Not no. B.J. Thomas. Uh, we're talking Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. It's, it's about infidelity, but Sundown is not the woman, but the man who is pursuing her. Uh, also featured in the J.J. Abrams uh, 2019 movie Night, Knives Out. Have you seen that? I've not seen it yet. I, I hear it's fantastic. I, it's on my to-watch list. I, I despise J.J. Abrams for what he did with The Last Jedi. Okay. <clears throat> Star Wars. Okay. But Knives I'm, Out is awesome. I'm a big J.J. Abrams fan. And in fact, I think he's working on a follow-up. I, um, I think I read that somewhere, too, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a whodunit, you yeah. know, murder mystery. I, I heard it was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Good yeah. time. Uh, July 4th, 1975, love, love will keep us together. That's B.J. Thomas. It is uh, <laughs> Captain and Tennille, song written by Neil Sadaka, who had his own pop success with uh, I Love, I Love, My Calendar Girl, and Breaking Up is Hard to Do. Okay. Fun song. It's probably one of my earliest memories. Captain and Tennille, badass. Man. Ca- yeah. I mean, I, if you were if you're my age, you yeah. remember Captain and Tennille. Yeah. It was a good time. Uh, 1976, Paul McCartney strikes again with his wings and the silly love songs. That's a good song. I like that one. Written as a rebuttal to music critics, as well as John Lennon, who criticized McCartney for writing lightweight love songs. Uh, let's move on to July 4th, 1977, Gonna Fly Now by Bill Conti. Instrumental from a famous movie in pop culture, Todd, can you guess it? Uh, No. 
Think of a runner racing up the steps of the Philadelphia Museum oh, of Art. Rocky. Yeah. Exactly. Carl Weathers is quoted saying Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. Huh. Sounds like a damn monster movie. <laughs> July 4th, 1978. We got Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. Disco era. Here we go with the disco era. Yes. Uh, Gibb became the first solo artist in the history of the United States pop chart to have his first three singles all hit number one. Uh, the other two were I Want to Be Your Everything. Yeah. And Love is Thicker Than Water. And those older brothers let him write. Yeah, and they did them well. Um, 1979, July 4th, 1979, Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. It was, uh, you talk, you know, you're talking about your um, one-hit wonders here. I remember this being in the backdrop in that scene in the movie The Water Boy where Coach Red bullies Coach Klein out okay. of his green notebook Yeah, when they were wearing the wigs. The afros, yeah. They had the afros going. Uh, that's all I can say about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, July 4th, 1980, we got Paul McCartney again. Good night. 4th of July. There's one other artist here that hit twice on 4th of July with number one song. Um, Coming up. uh, Coming up like a flower. It's coming up. Okay. This is one of the songs um, John Lennon actually did like, Apollo's solo stuff. And Paul used it as an argument to get John back in the studio. So it makes you wonder, what if John didn't like this song? Yeah. Would he still be alive today? Right. July 4th, 1981. Betty Davis Eyes. Oh, Kim Carnes. Yes. Oh, we talked about that one. Oh, I want to, was it maybe a quick pick or there was one episode we did was Betty Davis says it was a remake, right? There was, I don't think it was a remake. Oh. We, I know we've talked about it, but Man. I don't know why we talked about it. Yeah. Keep talking. But it was written by Jackie Dale Shannon, famous for her own songs. Yeah, Put a little yeah. love in your heart. Yeah. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Uh, the song was Song of the Year, Record of the Year, number one in 21 countries, and ranks number 12 on Billboard's list of top 100 songs in the first 50 years of Billboard Hot 100 chart. Moving on, July 4th, 1982, Don't You Want Me Baby by the Human League. Human League. Uh, one of the first songs to lead that second British pop invasion, and one of the first songs to embrace the birth of the MTV era. Yep. July 4th, 1983, Flashdance, What a Feeling, Irene Cara. A song musically arranged by the father of disco, Giorgio Moroder, who only who not only co-wrote and produced many of Donna Summer's big disco hits, including Love to Love You Baby, Hot Stuff, and I Feel Love. Uh, not only scored movies like Scarface, American Gigolo, Superman 3, and The NeverEnding Story, but he also wrote the Superman 3, that was Quest for Peace, wasn't it? No, that was four. Is that four? Three was Richard Pryor. Remember the Richard Pryor one? I don't remember that one. Yeah, because he, he was like, he was a computer hacker. And Robert Vaughn, like, paid him a lot of money to come up with a formula for kryptonite. Okay. Like, make a laboratory version. And it just made, like, uh, Superman, like, a drunk. Like, he was just... <laughs> Like, oh, because it wasn't real kryptonite. Like okay. he's smoking cigarettes and drinking all okay. the time. No, nah, it was I don't like all the one. way kryptonite. Okay. It was kind of dumb, but uh, <laughs> it um, sounds fantastic. Yeah, there's a there's a, a what is it? GIF, GIF. Uh-huh. There's a GIF of him where he's at a bar and he's just constantly hammering this uh, bottle of a uh, um, Johnny Walker. Right. He's like he's like pouring the shot and taking the shot and then pouring it. It's like a loop. Right. Of Superman, it's like his his 
it's like gone from like sky blue to like kind of like twilight blue washed like out everything's looking. and he's hadn't shaved oh, okay it's awesome. just, yeah, it was just a bizarre movie <laughs> uh but he also wrote uh the opening song to every episode uh that or it's featuring on every episode of the number one overnight am talk show coast 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 he is that's that's the same guy that did flash dance wow uh, July 4th, 1984, The Reflex, Duran Duran. Nice. Princess Diana was a huge fan of Duran Duran, as many of us were. Uh, so much so that Duran Duran had to break away from recording this album that included The Reflex to play a charity gig, uh, playing in front of Prince Charles and Princess Diana. It was later revealed that the Irish Republican Army had plotted to plant a bomb at the concert in order to injure Charles and Diana. But, but the IRA members uh, sent to carry out the plot was, in fact, an informant working for the Irish government and successfully helped pull the plug on that operation. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous times back in, the, mm-hmm. back in those days there in Ireland. Uh, July 4th, 1985, we have Heaven by Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Love heavily hev- heavily influenced by Journey's 1983 hit, Faithfully. The song was written while Adams served as the opening act for um, Journey on their Frontiers tour. And the studio track even features Journey drummer Steve Smith. I've heard Cuts Like a Knife twice in the past week. Brian Adams is there. He's like Huey Lewis. Yeah. There's no escape. Yeah. And he's also like Paul McCartney. He's, he, he shows up twice on this oh, list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see, 1986, On My Own, Patti LaBelle and Yacht Rock King Michael McDonald. Nice. Uh, written and produced by Austin. How's, hey, how's that Michael McDonald sound? I can't forget. There We're you not go. in love anymore. Love it. Love yeah, it. baby. I love it when you do Michael McDonald. <clears throat> written and produced by Austin Powers' favorite artist, Burt Bacharach. Oh, all, nice. All the songs in the top 10 that week were about breakup and breakups and lost love. 86 was a down year for pop music. Tough times. Yeah, yeah. Every I looked at the top 10, I was like, man, everybody was depressed in 86. Okay. Except for Bon Jovi, he had Slippery When Wet. Um, July 4th, 1987, I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney Houston. Yes. Written by George Merrill and Cheryl Rubicam, Rubicam, who had their own band called Boy Meets Girl. They had a big hit with... Um, Big pop hit, Waiting for a Star to Fall, yep. which was featured, which was a feature song in the movie Three Men and a Little Lady, the sequel to Three Men and a Baby. It's it's a song queued up when Tom Selleck marries Nancy Travis at the end of the movie. Huge hit. Huge hit. Okay. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson, Todd? Uh, I can't remember the other one. Ted oh. Danson. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Steve Gutenberg, oh, Cocoon. Oh, and... Uh... Who's the one you just said? Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, thank you. Uh, it was 1987. It wasn't like that. It was that long ago. Well, I know, but I was 17. I knew the things going on. July 4th, 1988, Dirty Diana, Michael Jackson. Ooh. A great song by the King of Pop featuring uh, this guitarist. Oh, God. Talked about him last week. Oh, uh, Steve Stevens. Steve Stevens yeah. from Billy Idol fame. Uh yeah, probably one of my more favorite, Michael Jackson, just because Steve Stevens is on it. Right. He, he lays it down. It's, they they kind of called it a, a beat it rip off because right. he went with another big axe guitar on yeah. it, but still a great song. As opposed to July 4th, 1989, Bye, 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 baby. Don't oh. forget my 
number. The Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. It became um, the first of uh, three number one hits in the Billboard Hot 100 chart for in 1989. Of course, Millie was thrown under the bus by the record label, exposing that they didn't sing on the album, a decision that led to the suicide of the band's co-frontman, Rob Pilatus. July 4th, 1990, we got Step by Step, New Kids on the Block. I'll leave that one alone. July 4th, 1991, Rush Rush, Paul Abdul. What can I say? Uh, if you like your pancakes with lots of sugary maple syrup, the song's made for you. There you go. The uh, video did have uh, Keanu Reeves in it. So Really? Yeah. yeah. So, Don't yeah. remember it. Yeah. Had that going for it. July 4th, 1992, Baby Got Back. Sir Mix-A-Lot. Sir Mix-A-Lot. I was more of a posse on Broadway guy. Okay. Yeah, I was all, I love that Baby Got Back song. Yeah, well, it was everywhere. Infectious. Infectious. Yes. All right. I remember my seven, then seven-year-old niece just want, loving that song, but I was so afraid mom and dad would find out that she was listening to it. Yeah. Because it's pretty for, forbidden, I guess, yes. uh, for that age. July 4th, 1993, That's the Way Love Goes, Janet Jackson. Oh, man, I like Janet Jackson. Huge hit for Michael's yeah. little sister, written yeah. by Janet and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis of Morris Day in the Time fame. Won a Grammy, a Billboard Award, an AMA Award, a BMI Pop Award for Most Played Song, and also MTV Video of the Year Award. You talk about the rise of sampling around that time. Yep. Uh, this song sampled... Uh, James Brown's 1974 song, Papa, Don't Take No Mess, and the Honey Drippers' 73 song, Impeach the President. Okay. July 4th, 1994, I Swear, All for One. Oh, okay. I was going to say Color Me Bad, but yeah, All for One. All for One. One of those rare songs that hit number one in two different genres of music. Yeah, it went to country, too, didn't it? Country, yeah. Yeah. John Michael Mc, uh, Montgomery hit yeah. number one in 1993. And it got to 43 on the Billboard Hot 100, but it took all for one to get to number one um, that year, 1994. Moving on to um, July 4th, 1995, Brian Adams' second hit, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? That was from that Robin Hood movie, wasn't it? No, you're thinking of um, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this is probably one of his last... I mean, number one hit, so right, I don't yeah. think you really topped that. Uh, another song uh, co-written by Mutt Lang. You talked about God, that dude writes, Mutt Lang. Writes yeah. the hits, man. A song title, I'm sure Shan- Shania Twain probably asked Mud during the divorce proceedings. For sure. Have you ever really loved a woman? Right. July 4th, 1996, The T-H-A Crossroads. Is that Bone Thugs and Harmony? Very good. Yeah, you're starting to see hip-hop starting, yep. is starting to take over here. Um, moving on to July 4th, 1997, I'll Be Missing You. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck on the... Faith Evans was the female voice. I'm stuck on the... I can't even think of the others, but... Oh, crap, I can't even know. Samples to police, every and breath I, you take. Is it going to be... The only thing I can think of is what's his name? What was her husband's name? Is it the husband of her? Faith Evans? No. You say Faith, who? Faith Evans. What was Big Papa? Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Yeah. It was was his, to me, it's Puff Daddy. Oh, Uh, great Puff Daddy. Okay, gotcha. This is possibly the greatest eulogy. I have not ever been a big Puff Daddy fan. Well, 
Me neither, but I, I think this song is fantastic. Really? Okay. I think it's possibly the greatest eulogy song in history. Okay. I'm talking about intended to be a eulogy to another person. Really? I'm not talking about, you know, playing free, hearing Freebird at a, at a funeral. Right, Because right. that was not intended to be a eulogy. Well, what about, um, if I think of a eulogy song, I always go to Temple of the Dog, say hello to heaven. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a strong one. I like it. Yeah, that's that's probably... I I had a hard time thinking, though. There's not too many. There's not a lot, no. That's intended for somebody that passed on already. Right, yeah, that's kind of dedicated to that individual. Gotcha. July 4th, 1998, The Boys Mine, Brandy and Monica. I thought you were going to say The Boys Are Back in Town by the... (laughs) Who was it from the Ghostbusters? Who did that song? The bus stop boys or something? Too hot to handle, too bold to call. They called the Ghostbuster because they're in control. Yeah. Yeah, he was a new addition. Bobby Brown? Bobby Brown, yeah. <laughs> my prerogative, baby. Oh my own. Okay. Uh, you know, I was, I was thinking, okay, 1998, my wife graduated in 2000, so this is probably her jam at summer, her sophomore, junior year. Okay. Yeah, I could see her driving around the parking lot of Mount Vernon High School. Well, and she probably just got her license. Okay. So the boy's mine, Brandy and Monica. Moving on, July 4th, 1999. If You Had My Love, Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Coming off the success of the Selena movie a couple years earlier, uh, the songwriter Corey Rooney and J-Lo's producer Rodney Jerkins played a CD playlist of songs for Michael Jackson, which included If You Had My Love. Now, Rooney, the songwriter, believed the song was perfect for Jennifer and hoped Michael Jackson would not take it. Rooney recalled the music begins and Michael starts moving and shaking to it. And he goes, man, I like this one. And Rooney heart, his heart sunk because he thought Michael was going to take it. Yeah, but, uh, You don't want this one, Michael. It's about the devil. But then Michael immediately said, I, I don't like it for me, but I like it. Okay. I think it's a good hit for someone else. There you go. Magic is made. There you go. July 4th, 2000. Be with you. Enrique Iglesias. You know, Julio's son. Yeah. Big resurgence of that Latin thing. Uh, video had, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was because uh, Shakira, was, uh, Enrique, that was a little before Shakira, Shakira. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, Ricky Martin, Rico Suave, Rico Suave, <laughs> <laughs> right? Rico Suave, right? Huge hit in two thousand, <laughs> and maybe nineteen ninety, but two, yeah, okay, okay two thousand, right. whatever. Uh, video had uh, Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie, scary movie, and Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yep, That's all I can say about that one. July 4th, 2001, Lady Marmalade, Christina Oh, Aguilera. that was the remake, yeah. Yeah. With the pop queens. Voulez-vous cacher avec moi? Uh, no, what, thank you. What does it mean, Todd? I, it seems like I've heard it along the way, but it didn't leave a lasting impression. Voulez-vous cacher avec moi? In English, it means, do you want to sleep with me? Okay. Very risque. The girls re- re-recorded it. I think Patti LaBelle did it first uh, for the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. I love that movie. I've never seen it. I haven't watched it for a long time, but I remember seeing it on one of the movie channels, and I've probably watched it 20 times. What's uh, 20 times? What's so great about it? It's just, it's, I don't know. I think it's visually entertaining. Is it like Broadway? It's kind of a Broadway-ish, kind of a musical story. It's probably one of the few I'll watch that are kind of musical. Again, I haven't watched it forever, but... I remember when it came out, I was like, man, this is... Because it was about the same time there was a, they did that Romeo and Juliet remake that was kind of artsy, kind of like it, too. I don't know if it was the same director or not. Is that but DiCaprio? I think so, yeah. Okay. And I it kind of had a lot of those 
just very interesting visual aspects of it. It was visually entertaining. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like, um, what was that Robin Williams movie? Uh, World what of, dreams may come according to Garp. It was after that. <laughs> what dreams may come. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember our mutual friend, Mickey said, wet dreams may come. We well, are sure. <clears throat> um, visually stunning, visually stunning, visually stunning. Thank you. July 4th, 2002, Hot in Here, H-E-R-R-E. That's uh, is that Nelly? Nelly. I mean, remember Nelly sold out yeah. the Robert Stadium here in oh, town. Yeah. 2002, that was the year of Nelly and Creed. Yeah. Uh, Creed sold out Yeah. in that, that fall of that year. Uh-huh. Big year for both those guys. July 4th, 2003, This is the Night by Clay Aiken. Only song to debut at number one on this list so far, but there'll be others... That, soon and oddly enough the the song that debuted at number two was ruben stuttered flying i was gonna say we're in the era of like american idol and stuff like that right american idol is these next few years coming up american idol owns it yeah except for uh, july 4th 2004 it's owned by usher and his song burn you know usher's always melting the girls hearts yes one another one of those classic usher songs i could steal a line from Charday. he is a smooth operator Enough said. Another one. I love Close Char- the door. I love Charday. Yeah. You know, my brother used to listen to that stuff, and I just discovered ACDC's High Voltage. Right. And he was listening to Sade. Uh-huh. You say Charday? I call it Charday. Okay, I thought it was Sade. And I was just like, how are we related? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You're listening to Smooth Operator. I got, you know, it's, she's got balls It's very going. comforting. It's a very comforting, relaxing sound. Uh, if I can quote uh, an old friend of mine who... Watched the video and criticized and says she dressed, she dances like my grandma. Okay. Uh, July 4th, 2005, Inside Your Heart by Carrie Underwood. There we go. Again, another debut at number one, American Idol yeah. contestant. Yeah. Same with the following year, 2006, Do I Make You Proud, Taylor Hicks. Okay. Debuted number one. I'm thinking American, American Idol's season must have ended. That last week of be. June. Yeah, it's got to be. Because you got three number one songs on the 4th of July, yep. all debut songs, all American Idol. Yeah. It had to have been like the week after the season ended, and everybody went out and bought it. Very suspicious. It makes you wonder why um, the very first one, it must have been at a different time. Yeah. Um, oh, what's her? Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, uh, it was, yeah Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. She had a big head. Yeah. It was a big reveal song and all of yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know. It just maybe hadn't caught on. It was still still gaining momentum. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was full steam ahead back in 03 through 06. Going to 07, we got uh, Umbrella, Rihanna, featuring Jay-Z. The song was originally written with Britney Spears in mind, but her label rejected it. Entertainment Weekly ranked the song number one of the 10 best singles of 2007. The song is also listed at 412 of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Couldn't name it if you played it for me. Umbrella, Ella, Ella. Nope. Okay. July 4th. You're going to have a lot of nopes coming up, okay. by the way. Right, yeah. July 4th, uh, 2008. Viva La Vida. Oh, is that the Little Vita Loca guy? This is a British band. Oh. It became very popular in the early, uh, the millennial decade. Ooh, I want to say the Killers, but they're from Las Vegas. They're not British. I think more of like a U2's bastard son. Arctic Monkeys? It is Coldplay. Coldplay? <clears throat> uh, I don't like Coldplay. I always thought 
they would be bigger than you two. I actually thought at some point they're going to pass right. you two, and I'm going to like co-play more. All right. But they just never had that kind of bullet in the bullet the blue skies right. song. It just never got heavy as a rock band. Yeah, I got you. They always kept it pretty sunshiny and positive. Yeah. And I don't know what they're doing now, but uh, it yeah, seems like they've lost that steam. I, I don't know. I'm not co. I, I kept. I was watching them. Like when Yellow came out, I was like, this band might be going somewhere. Right. Because they had big, big sound. Yeah. But they just never got heavy with it. And it's okay. just, I don't know. July 4th, 2009. Boom, boom, pow. Boom, boom, pow? Boom, that's boom, a, pow. Oh, that's a Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Uh, what can you say? I, I think this is possibly the best song on this list. It's a good one. It. I know the... You know the studio effects have not aged well, but I would love to see like that. You know, a lot of these new heavy metal bands like to tackle old songs yeah, and yeah, make yeah. them darker and heavier. I'd love to see somebody tackle that, or even somebody in country. I'd right. like to see a country take on this. Okay, I think that would be very interesting and a big hit for them. To our, all of our uh, country artist friends and family out there listening to the podcast, that's a suggestion from Jimmy. I, you want a song that's going to get the crowd going. That's right. I, this song would do it. Yeah. I, you find your find how it fits into your way of doing things. There you go. I think you got something. July 4th, 2010, we got California Girls, G-U-R-L-S. I'm going to guess. I don't know this one. It's probably not the David Lee Roth version, right? Uh, no, not the Beach okay. Boy version. Nope. This is Katy Perry. Okay. I will always uh, think of this song as the following song to the infamous left shark who stole the Super Bowl halftime show in 2015. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a song that came on after left shark did, did its damage. I don't know if Katie was ever the same after as far as hit making after left shark. Yeah. I don't know. That left his impact. You have to find that video of it and send it to me so we can put it up there. Okay. All right. On the socials. July 4th, 2011 rolling in the deep. Oh, it's Adele. Adele. Yep. God, she makes me cry. Huge, huge song. Uh, Billboard, Year End, Hot 100, number one single in 2011. Yeah. At the Grammys, it won Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Short Form Music Video. Billboard chose the song as one of the 100 songs that defined the decade. It always reminds me. She was strong, man. What? There was a, I had a coworker who was going through a divorce. And she played this song just in a loop. Yeah. Just to nobody, you know, deal nobody with Nobody understands but Adele. I'll tell you what, man. I've yeah. sat in the car listening to Adele crying. That's some shit, man. Who? Adele. You? you? Oh, man. that's That record is heavy, man. I'm, you, I'm in a good mood listening to it and start crying. That Adele's the shit. She reaches right in to I, your I don't soul. Mean, wow. Pulls them strings, gets some tears flowing. Hell yeah. I didn't realize you were a Adele fan. Oh, I had tons of respect for Adele. Okay. But you don't like the doors. <laughs> July 4th, 2012. I mean, uh, you're right, yeah. July 4th, 2012. Call Me Maybe. Oh, that's uh, three something, Three something words. Ray something. Yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen. Jepsen, thank you. The song was the best-selling single worldwide in 2012, selling 12 million copies in that year alone. It has become the best-selling single of the century by any female artist good on call, her, man call him call me maybe call me maybe was the best-selling digital single of 2012 
and the seventh best-selling digital single of all time. It The song is ranked at 47 on Billboard's Greatest Songs of All Time. Mm-hmm. 47 out of all songs ever made. Billboard said, you're number 47, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. Sanity. That's that's against that's the world we live in. That's a conspiracy. 2013, July 4th, 2013, the number one song was Blurred Lines by, you just that's mentioned Robin Thicke. Robin yeah. Thicke. Biggest memory is this, is the lawsuit by Marvin Gaye's family for cop, copyright infringement. Uh, Marvin's song, Got to Give It Up. Despite appeals, both singers had to pay Gaye's family $5.3 million, and Thicke was ordered to pay an additional $1.7 million and Williams and his publishing company had to pay 357000 in separate awards to Gay Estate. Pretty much ruined Robin Thicke's stardom. I think he also gotten some shit for the video, too. Because if I remember correctly, he got a divorce after that video. Because, and I may he have. He was messing com- with the girl. I had this. Com- I may have it completely wrong. But it seems like the story I heard somewhere was he thought he had permission to mess around with her from the wife but didn't have permission to mess around with her or something didn't quite get the communication right something but yeah hey that song was was a huge hit but bad bad news for him yeah bad bad news you're right about that july 4th 2014 number one song was fancy that's reba mcintyre that is Iggy, Iggy Azalea <laughs> featuring charlie x cx uh yeah. first number one hit for both ladies fancy was Billboard's Song of the Summer for 2014, as well as the most streamed song on your Spotify and the most watched music music video on Bebo in 2014. It won the top rap song category at the 2015 Billboard Music Awards. In 2017, Billboard named Fancy the biggest hit by any female rapper in the history of rap. Have you ever seen, and I want to think it was President Obama, have you ever seen the YouTube video of that song? And they took the President Obama, they took words for that song from a bunch of different clips and put it together. And it's like he was singing the song. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen that with like. You've seen that idea done. But, but yeah, idea done. That right. fancy one is the one that always sticks out for me. He, he's doing the lyrics. Yeah. They, they take snippets. little snippets from speeches and put right. it together so he's singing the song. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you talk about it. I, I can't imagine the amount of time that would take. Oh, man, that's dedication. 2015, July 4th, 2015, number one song is See You Again by Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, okay. Uh, another eulogy song commissioned for the soundtrack of the 2015 film Fury 7 as a tribute to actor Paul Walker, who died in a single vehicle accident on November 30th, 2013. Right. So You Again was the best-selling song of 2015 worldwide with combined track and track equivalent streams of 20.9 million units. July 4th, 2016, One Dance by Drake. Okay. One I'm, dance. I'm not, I'm not a Drake fan. Yeah, we're really getting in this. We're getting toward yeah. the end, so obviously we don't know any of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One dance was the best performing single worldwide in 2016. It topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for 10 non-consecutive weeks and is tied for third with Wet, Wet, Wet's 1994 song, Love is All Around, for longest consecutive number ones in the U.K. singles chart with 15 consecutive weeks at the summit. I thought we'd established we don't really pay attention to those UK charts. Haven't we talked about them before? Well, it makes me feel better because he's better. He's more successful in the UK than he is the US. Okay. Maybe. 
He's a Canadian. I know that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a Canadian dude. Uh, very popular with the kids. Very popular with the kids. July 4th, 2017. Despacito. Oh, I know the song. I know, you know the this. song you're talking about. I have no idea who sang it. Louise Fonzi. Right. This was a big one. Uh, translates uh, Despacito. Translates Eagles cover. Uh, close. I mean, slowly. Uh, looked at the video. Had 4.7 billion hits. Billion with a B. The song topped the charts of 47 countries and reached the top 10. I got a stupid pop-up. Um, I'll get out of town. <laughs> Your um, screen just went off. And it reached, it reached a top 10 and six others. In the United States, it became the first song primarily in Spanish to top the Billboard Hot 100 since this 1996 song, Todd. Rico Suave. Macarena. Damn it. Los Del Rio. So, uh, it subsequently uh, tied the longest reigning number one on the Billboard Hot 100 at the time with 16 weeks at number one. Wow. As well as becoming the longest running number one in the hot Latin songs with 56 weeks at number one. That's over a year. That, isn't that crazy? It's insane. You couldn't escape that thing, man. I honestly never heard this song before. <laughs> okay. It also became the first Latin song. Evidently, you could escape it. That's, yeah. Okay. I guess you got to see it first. I mean, once you, you can't unsee it one of those type yeah, things, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. It also became the first light song to receive a diamond certificate certification by the Recording Industry Association of America. It's the highest, second highest selling digital single to date. Ed Sheeran's Shape of You still holds the crown. Good on Ed. July 4th, 2018, we have Sad by XXX Tentacion. XXX Tentacion. 20 year old artist uh, died in a murder robbery. June 18, 2018, in Fort Lauderdale, basically two weeks before this uh, song hit number one. Never got to enjoy it. That's sad. It was a uh, it was it was a video out there of uh, him getting pinned in, like he just left um, a motorcycle shop in Fort Lauderdale and yeah. pulled out, and a couple cars uh, pinned him in, and you know approached his vehicle. And, Stupid. Yeah, probably the saddest number one. Definitely has definitely the saddest on this list. Um, reasons to be number one here. Uh, July 4th, 2019, Old Town Road. Oh, I can't think of the kid's name, but he did it with Billy Ray Cyrus. Did it with Billy Ray Cyrus. And then he had controversy, what, not long ago because of the twerking the devil in the new video, new song. No, I don't know they this. Fun, yeah. Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, yes. Yeah. What, what's uh? So he had some new song and there was controversy because in the video he's twerking on the devil. That's controversial. Like, I mean, who's attacking it, I guess? I, yeah, I don't this know. This is the churches. Or... I, I see a lot of this stuff in passing and don't really pay a lot of attention to it. Um, let's see. Well, we'll just wrap it up with the... Oh, and then he got trouble with them shoes, too, them Nike shoes. He was selling those Nike shoes that he had his blood in or something, had blood in the paint, and Nike got a hold of it and said, hell no, because it was like a trademark thing or something. That's why you're here, Todd. That's why I knew you'd be able to input yeah. somewhere. And little Nas X trying to. I'm Not working on I'm expecting. working on building up my little Nas X catalog of uh, information. So, okay, slow coming. Yeah, surprise, uh, you, surprise I, us. Yeah, you're already way ahead of me. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and we'll finish out with 2020. It's a rock star by. Oh, that's a Nickelback. The baby. 
spent seven weeks in number one, kind of a day in the life song. Video was somewhat interesting, treating the uh, coronavirus. This is 4th of July, 2020, yep. treating the coronavirus like it was turning people into zombies and he was blowing their heads off, you know. Gotcha. Uh, of course, we don't have this year's yet. The, Do you have any indication of what this year's could possibly be? Have you looked at the current charts? The number one song right now is a South Korean band called BTS and their yes. hit Butter. Yes. Yeah, so maybe. Maybe. Fingers crossed. We'll see, BTS. Come on, BTS. One can, more week, baby. Can you do it? Get up on the list. But that's it. Fourth of July, number one hits, past 50 years. Good night. It, it's just all over board, isn't it? I like that. That was a good thought. There's no way I'm going to... I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to put any of those songs. That's a ton of songs. You want to put 50 links? Up? I'm not going to do 50 links now. Okay. All so right. I'm going to say if, if going through the list, something strikes your fancy, get out there and dig into it. But yeah. That's a lot of work. That's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I'd mix it up. But... We'll have to see what the listener feedback comes back as. <sighs> hey, Jimmy, can we do like 25 next time? Yeah. Can you get life? Can we do like 10? You quit being a nerd. <laughs> That's it, Todd. I'm done. Okay. Well, awesome. Uh, remember, look up, uh, look us up on the socials, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Not Still not doing TikTok yet. I'm not doing Snapchats, nothing. I I don't suspect. I'm I'm wondering about the Twitter. I'm, we could do TikTok. We could do something, but I don't. We we'll see. But I've been wondering about Twitter the last. I'm gonna say two months. I've been really just thinking. You know what? We just need to go Facebook, Instagram, Twitter's not really doing anything. And today, I did that post the other day of uh, that picture of the kid from a Christmas story, and oh, I forgot Brian Johnson from AC or the singer yeah, yeah. from ACDC. Yeah, he the bully. In, yeah, the bully kid. And uh, I got a text from a buddy of mine today from the Twitter post saying, this is great. God damn it. All right. Well, if there's one person looking at it, I'll keep doing it. Oh, Lord. That's your policy? Well, for now. We'll see how it goes. That's right. So, but. Uh, oh, good deal. But yeah, follow us on the socials. Uh, Be careful out there. Fourth of July. God, yes. Kids, don't fight, light the fireworks. Let the adults who are drunk do it. Be very, yes, be very, yeah. The last couple of years, man, I know a bunch of people that have just gotten just stupid accidental injury shit. Oh, you're talking nurses at night saying, I've worked ER many Fourth of July's and it's always the same story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be careful out there. Uh, Every playlist tells a story at gmail.com. If you got something you want to say. Say it. Say it. Do it. Uh, Bring it. Subscribe, rate, leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to if it allows it. And thank you so much. Have a good holiday. Enjoy your weekend. weekend. And uh, happy anniversary, baby. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh.